and welcome to Film Lovers. I'm Sunny Chung. I'll be talking to people who work in the film industry and who are also avid film lovers. Today I'll be talking to cameraman and he does a bit of directing. His name's Nigel Rogers. Hello, Nigel. How are you? Hi, Sonia. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for the introduction. Did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think I needed a musical fanfare, but that's fine. <laughs> we can do a bit of that if you want, like the drums rolling or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we talked a bit before this. Um, just to let everyone know, how did we sort of come across each other? It was basically through shooting people, wasn't it? Yeah, it's one of the uh, one of the many sort of like networking sites for people who work in the film industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, it's a very good site, isn't it? Um, yeah, don't get me started on that. It could be better designed as a site, but yes, okay. as an idea, as a way of encouraging filmmakers to meet together and meeting experienced people meeting less experienced people it, it's a it's a good vehicle for that mm, sure all right so why don't we take it away and you start by telling us a bit about yourself so basically a bit about your background how you started and yeah just basically the history of your career from then beginning to up to now really well, you're asking an old man how he got from <laughs> being old, and uh, I've done an No, I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. I just well, want to know how your career evolved. So how did you get Yeah, no, no, that's it? fine. No, no, I, I don't mind telling you. It's just, you know, how long have you got? No, uh, I'll try and keep it brief. <laughs> okay. Effectively, so I was very passionate about uh, photography as a young man, and in those days it was film, and I developed my own film, and... Uh, that was my passion at school, and I took over the school darkroom that at the time was unused, and by the end I was teaching everyone else how to take photographs as well. That led me on to my university degree, where they, which is at Middlesex, and they said, look, we can't really teach you much about photography. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I focused on illustration instead. <laughs> One of those random things. There's there's decisions I made at the time that were perfectly reasonable, but with hindsight were not the right decision. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but we all do that. You know, at the time we think it's a good thing to do and then after I really shouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, it's the challenge, isn't it? You yeah. know, making the right decisions at the right time. And back in my day, definitely no one helped you much, really. Mm. Yeah, you were pretty much, which is not a bad thing. The, the idea was more, or the prevailing idea was, do you just give people to find their own space, to find their own path, um, which is fine. So I did. So anyway, so from photography, I then uh, went into illustration and then came out of college and actually got a job in advertising as an art director, which suited my personality at the time because it's like the uh, being knowledgeable and skilled in a whole variety of things rather than just one and it was a creative thing so it was about imagination and ideas and very early on I discovered that you know there's no shortage of ideas or generating new ideas so that wasn't a problem uh spent about five years in advertising by which time I'd acquired a wife and three children so at a young age so at that point I tried to go into teaching <laughs> but that didn't really work out because I graduated from that you know getting a teacher's degree or whatever and then uh 
uh, I was applying for jobs in advertising at the same time, so I went back into advertising. And the, the pay was instantly three times as much as well. So, um, yeah, it was uh, just one of those things. So it pushed me back into advertising and then through advertising a bit more. I was already using cameras, whether I was commissioning video and I'd either hire a camera or I would get other people to do it for me. So I've had a long relationship with such things, both, uh, you know, photographic and uh, video cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's sort of led through all of that, advertising director, creative director, and then it's like, okay, no, start out on my own. I'm a, as a cameraman, yeah, back to my first passion. Uh, and then I've you know, done short films. I do lots of commercial work still. Um, and then it's just pushing on that door of actually, well, look, the technology is sort of made some, suddenly so much more accessible for, for independent production as opposed to you know, Hollywood, which is still the machine it's always been so now you have tools for production um that sort of come full circle because back in the day when i developed my own film mm-hmm. i could do that and i had control and i was able to get one ahead of the next person and today now with the technology and you know, and the computer and the cameras you can do very high it's very hard really to distinguish you and 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 the big guys using them even more expensive cameras there are differences but the difference is much less now and now we're and and that's sort of like five years ago and now now today it's now pushing a bit more so we've got convergence convergence first was between you know still cameras and video cameras but now we've got sort of convergence between video cameras and cinema cameras and setups uh, and it's interesting that transitions and automation coming in i you know autofocus but on a new level um and things like this so the tools have changed whether you've adopted them or not if you were always at the top you really haven't had to because they haven't changed that much at the top okay. <laughs> it, but the budgets are millions of pounds so it's, it's just a different machine a different thing to be a part of than where i'm now which is independent film. And I'd rather create my own content and often, you know, a film that Hollywood can't make very easily. Mm. It could, but it, it won't for various reasons. And that's and, and that ties in with creativity. So there's not the limitations equally that go with a big production, you know, not least all, you know, all the legal requirements and, and all of those things. When you're independent, you know, there's a bit more space to be, creative mm, definitely yeah that's a, that's so, a very good introduction well done <laughs> well done uh, and i'm I, i'm 95 and i've got about another 20 years to go on my career you're not 95 <laughs> that's very impressive though well done so basically at the moment now you do a lot of cameraman work and you also do a bit of filmmaking on the side don't you uh, yes, well, it's an overlap, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said. Yeah, yeah. A lot of filmmakers starting out tend to be cameramen, don't they? As as their bread and butter money, I guess. Um, in as much as yes, they can buy a tool. Yes, to do it, mm. and yes, independent video production is is massive, and obviously with the internet as well, it's got even bigger. Mm. The challenge, perhaps, is earning a, a good living from it as opposed to just a modest living. 
Sure. And it's so competitive now as well. And like you said, because technology is always changing and now we also have phones, for instance. I mean, you know, you can go out and make um, a film with an iPhone now, can't you really? So, yeah. So, so it it's it has advantages and disadvantages, like any other thing. Um, but it's also a good thing. Do you have to constantly go up for training when there's a new program out, uh, like editing wise or camera wise? Uh, I'm assuming you'd have to keep going up for courses, maybe. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Obviously, part of the role is to be on top of the changes, mm. and now the changes are occurring in so many different things. So before, perhaps you only need to know one piece of software. Now that potentially there's 20 and you've got to decide which of those you keep up most up to speed with. Right. Um, so I, I still have quite a broad base. Uh, I knowledge areas outside of what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, but I can still draw upon. Um, and that's more about understanding what can be done. Mm. You know, so that, informs your creativity but hopefully doesn't inhibit it which is slightly different so depends what hat you've got on that day yes you know, whether it, it's production or creative you know direction then you have to sort of change your mindset a bit but yes wow. so yes I'm constantly learning that's probably a better way of putting it yes yes <laughs> that um, is part of the joy of life yes exactly <laughs> I love the way you sum things up Nigel <laughs> um so for instance I wanted to talk about your career in advertising um that's quite an interesting way and actually a lot of like famous filmmakers now start off in advertising don't they I remember talking to someone in a past episode and them saying that um, filmmakers like Dave, I know David Fincher started out in music videos, but um, Ridley Scott started out in advertising. I think it was more the, um, not so much the David Fincher generation was probably more music videos, but that seems to be the way they started off as well, is what I'm trying to say. It, it was the heyday of advertising. Today is a different beast. Okay. Can yeah. you explain a bit more? Because that is quite an interesting. Well, so one you could get, you could earn, you would paid a lot, mm. <laughs> yeah, and the value of your creativity in many respects was higher because okay. there was a lot of mystery around how you did what you did. Yeah, I can see yeah. that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas today, it's all on YouTube. All the secrets are there, which is a double-edged sword. It's not a bad thing in many ways, but you'll find often the best people aren't giving much away still because you still need a bit of mystery as to how you uh, do what you do. Yeah. It's a very interesting job though, actually, when you think about it, because you're trying to think of a way to advertise a product and how to make it appeal to people. So you've got to make it stand out, don't you, in in that retrospect? Yes. But you see, you've got the, uh, the marketing department who's actually coming up with the strategy and what they're wanting you to say and then you're just coming up with a creative way of saying it Mm. um yes so part of the job is trying to get to the core of possibly what's good about that product over the next one okay so you obviously enjoyed creating it it. yeah for sure you obviously enjoyed it because you spent a long time working Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah. It, but it's the create it's commercial creativity. So it's not 
I'd put, I'd put it a small C rather than a big C. Mm. Art is more the big C, but uh, that much freedom that the big C gives you, it, it just hasn't suited my personality. I, I didn't like the uh, the isolation of it in a way, even though some artists mm. collect. Yeah, and filmmaking is a hundred percent collaborative. Oh, of course, yes, definitely. Um, do you? So know what... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's right. So that's very like art direction in that yeah, respect. Yeah, yeah. Who were your film um, influences? So, who were your favorite filmmakers while you were growing up? Who did you look up to? Did you have any in particular, or I consciously didn't. Or now, okay. Or now? Whereas now, there are, there, there's so many, aren't there? there but there mm. are certain individuals who are exceptional, and I have to accept uh, at this stage in my career, I'm not one of those. Mm. Um, even if I can pull something out of the bag, I might be able to shock people, but I won't have a, a lengthy career producing things like Spielberg or, or um, <laughs> whatever. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not actually waiting for that call. And, I, and what was nice about YouTube is I've met some other peers who have said, uh, likewise, you know, they're not actually looking for that now. They're just looking to enjoy what they do. And they also, it's quite revelatory to know you can actually earn a living and not be one of the top directors. And I guess be a bit more anonymous as well, which is in a way. Oh, well, that's good. If, if that's the classic, would you choose wealth or anonymity, uh, wealth hmm. and um, fame, or wealth and anonymity? Unquestionably, I'd yeah, rather yeah. have the wealth without yeah. the fame. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a catch twenty-two, really, isn't it? There's like, yes, but that's the, the funny end. side of filmmaking: is it, it it does attract vast amounts of wealth, money. Mm. So that in itself is a different beast. Okay. So you didn't have any one you looked up to really in the filmmaking industry while you were growing up, but did you have any films that you really liked to watch, a, a certain type of genre? What kind of films would you watch when you were... Okay, so part of the challenge with that is I've watched thousands, literally of thousands of films. Far too many films. <laughs> Far too much. Like all of us, yeah. <laughs> um. But say when you so, were a little boy, what kind of film would you go and watch with your with your would you go to the cinema and would it be like a big event? Would you watch like um a western, for instance? Do you know what I mean? Again, I've been around too long. Come on, I, I, I remember going to Bambi and crying. Do you really? I only, but I was only like four. Bambi <laughs> was really shocking to a lot that of people. It was traumatic. It was. I mean, I saw that as a kid and um didn't they ban it for a period because, like, little kids were crying and <laughs> absolutely sure. No, in my day, that was fine. <laughs> we were allowed that, to um... cry. Traumatising <laughs> children was a challenge back in the day rather than a crime. Because <laughs> I remember seeing somewhere um, a thing about it and uh, and Disney didn't pull a stunt like that many years later until they did The Lion King when they killed off... Um, you know his dad. What I can't remember what the the, the king was called. What was his like Mufasa? Yeah, his brother. So um, but um, yeah. I mean, it's quite a traumatic thing to see in a in a family film. Yes, but they could but get it, away it, with as that. As I say, time, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Life life was a bit. Oh, I don't know the word really. They a little less. 
Yeah, that is. Yeah, of course. That's what I meant by we were exposed to everything and there was mm. less cens- censorship of things in a way. But then, you know, that was the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did enjoy Star Wars first time round as well. So I was waiting for each episode to come out. You know. Okay. So, so you saw yeah. all of them? Yeah, of course. Would you call <laughs> yourself a Star Wars nerd? No. no. Uh, I like science fiction. Okay. Uh, and and the films, yeah, it was more that that was epic, wasn't it? I mean, Jaws traumatized me, so I found it very hard. To, I went it's still on holiday. Me. I've seen it many times. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's it it deals with something primal, doesn't it? It's funny, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, so films have obviously influenced my life, um, but then I, I've sought out lots. So I, I like extreme films more because it's about seeing something you haven't seen before or trying to understand something and there's a natural sort of like attraction to some of the dark things mm. simply because they're not okay or they're not so they're not things I want to do but they still sort of fascinate me in a way so I I do watch horror I've watched a lot of horror but that's not my you know niche that's not all no, I just no, want to no. do I love a good laugh uh, and I've watched some family films but you know, there's only so much you can watch of it. They yeah, get a bit yeah. too samey. It's quite hard, you know. So I like to laugh as much to cry. I don't like crying that much. So this. Yeah. So you never. Cry but I do cry, and I will cry film. watching a film. Yeah. Quite Sorry, embarrassing, I, I, I interrupted you. <laughs> so you never caught yourself crying during anything. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, frequently. Oh really. <laughs> So I'm saying no, no, that's too often. Want one to. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next question, think. please. Um, coming back to what you said about Jaws and that being like a primal thing, I think you're right, and that's um because we you kind of briefly touched upon it. Horror is very good for doing that, isn't it? I mean, I know you said you don't have a niche for it. You like all sorts of genres. Um. But it is interesting how film explores a certain topic or... Um, well, well this is it. There's often subtext or sub-stories about them. You know, it might be social commentary mm. about the way, you know, mass consumption or whatever, like zombie films, etc. You know, th- th- there's lots of things like that. And I like, I like that as well. You know, just to not get too complacent. We can also be tremendously cruel and nasty so you know i can't help but by interested by those characters so obviously but like uh, you said Anthony i Hopkins think that's is quite good. i think that sorry to interrupt you because it's just because mm-hmm. it was on the train of thought i think that's a very natural part of being a human do you know what i mean you know i mean for instance in the animal kingdom you see it happen to all, all sorts of animals you know like you know in, in the world because that's how they work so i think that's quite a a natural, curious human psyche deep down. I mean, we know we wouldn't act upon it, but we do at some level think about doing it. Do you know what I mean? Maybe not, obviously, of course. not extreme. Well, that's why if you if you take the topic of uh, being a predator, I quite like that mm. aspect in as much as I'd fully acknowledge it almost seems to be a subspecies amongst humanity. Some people are literally predatory. Mm, exactly. And and actively are seeking the destruction of others. Mm. 
Um, you see it all the time, don't and we're you? sort of naive if we don't think such people exist. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of different character traits and personalities, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. What kind so of it's, film... it's... sorry? No, no, no. Carry on. I didn't want to trouble you. Sorry. Uh, no, no. It's not like that. It's more. Um, yeah. No. So it's just a. It's more an interest. I am a people watcher. And I do, do like to understand, get underneath the skin of things and, and trying to find some unusual stories along the way. Hmm. And I think at the moment now, especially with Hollywood, I mean, I've spoken about this with my friend. Um, Hollywood has no more originality, does it? Which kind of ties into what you said that actually you prefer the more small budget type stuff and the the small indie filmmakers because they're coming up with the more original work but it's Hollywood's more of um well it's basically a money generating isn't it so you know if people respond to it they're going to keep making those sort of films and that's the sort of frustrating part of it because there is really good material out there but it's getting harder and harder to find I think if that makes sense yes mm. there's a lot of rubbish but there's always been a lot of rubbish mm. which is interesting how you know you do wonder how such bad films get made and funded yes because there are people getting very large sums to do a really poor story it does happen uh, it? no I th- a lot of the time it is really, <laughs> you know um and i don't think that's got any different but it's more well fine so you know stick at it maybe you can get some of it <laughs> did you ever see that film um because you remind me of that film the original one uh, by Mel Brooks, the producers. It's a bit like that, isn't it? You do kind of wonder, yeah. do they do that on purpose? <laughs> do you know what I mean? They just, they want to make it a successful flop. And I'm sure that happens in like Western uh, Oh, unquestionably. It, it is a, a tax avoidance tool <laughs> for the wealthy. Uh, and lots of things like that. But it, again, um, that's just big business. Anything that involves a lot of money has attracts a lot of different sorts of people for a lot of different reasons mm. um but that's not my raison d'etre if you sort of mean yeah do you like that film the producers yeah it's, it's a classic mel mel brooks you know he unquestionably um you know very talented it's very funny isn't it i mean i can see how that would have been a bit sort of <laughs> taboo as well but he gets away with it because he's jewish himself so he can get away with making things like that well at the time i don't think it would happen much now as much um well that's a certain irony isn't it yeah but I think we do make films that are critical of the way things are but but maybe they're a bit more documentary like i.e., they tend to stick truer to the story whereas those who are more a parody or it's humor and humor is mm. a great vehicle for challenging things isn't it you know yeah Unquestionably, I it would be. I wish I was a comedian in that respect. <laughs> and you can get all kinds of humour, can't you? There's the slapstick humour. There's like, I mean, a good example of that is the kind of Charlie Chaplin films um, and Laurel and Hardy and things like that. Look, I, I know I'm old, but he is actually before my time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just meaning general. I mean, I'm just trying to sort of give a a couple of examples to the sorts of humour. Yes. Then you have the kind of, of violent type humor so like for instance home alone and 
those films at the time when they came out they were hilarious but now when you look back at it you think actually this is really this is really hard to watch it's quite stressful (laughs) yes yeah um and then you get dark humor which kind of borders on like we spoke about earlier horror doesn't it you can get a very dark sense of humor which can be funny, but it's disturbing at the same time. I'd probably err towards more, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd probably err more towards that in that respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you have any films that you like to talk about of that kind of genre? Do you have any favourites? And then we can sort of talk about that a bit, maybe. No, too many. uh, (laughs) Well, this is it. It's like uh, uh, nothing sort of springing to my mind in that respect because it's more like well my focus is well what can i do rather than what have other people done so yes i do watch films but it's a lot of it is to understand their craft or what they're doing and it's you know to get good at your craft is uh not to be underrated so nigel um it's going to be quite a short episode so is there anything you want, want to say and we'll wrap it up and you're welcome to come back anytime and do like a themed episode. yeah I, I, i'm always open to collaboration if anyone wants to talk to me got any ideas want to share a bit of thoughts uh i've got all the production gear i can make it happen <laughs> all right then and we're going to talk later aren't we about collaborating on something so yeah sure great. Okay, well, feel free to come back anytime and we'll do a themed episode and then we'll have more to talk about <laughs> since you run out of things to yeah, say. Yeah, but yeah, be, be warned. I, I, I wanted to interview you, you remember? I wanted to oh. talk to you about your experiences in this okay. country. Well, we can do that as well. But you'll have to do that on camera, you see. Okay, <laughs> we'll do that as well then. The shoe will okay. be on your foot. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Thank you, Nigel. All right, you're welcome, Sonia. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.